When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to uh, Geekscape Book Club. Very excited to uh, be back after a bit of a summer hiatus. As always, I am Christian Blatt. And uh, today we are talking about Secret Invasion. Uh, if you watch our show, Marvel Movie Talk on Geekscape, you know we spent way too much time uh, each week breaking down the TV show Secret Invasion Fortunately for us and all of you, we're talking about the comic book, Secret Invasion, the original series uh, from 2008. Joining me is Garrett Briones. Garrett, thank you for uh, being here. You uh, actually were on our, our most recent episode back in June where we discussed Flashpoint. Had a great time doing that. Thank you for having me back, Christian. I, I love talking comics and I love doing it on the Geekscape platform. So it was just a perfect time to come back. Absolutely. And uh, someone who has been known at various points in his life as the Flashpoint is also with us, the one, the only Mr. Eric Connor. Thank you both uh, for being here today. Now, uh, I was reading Secret Invasion for the first time. Is that the case for you, Eric, as well? I read some of it. That's what I realized, because okay. uh, Civil War fed right into this, right? I'm Correct. Just, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I had, I, which by the way, I had uh, read Civil War uh, yeah. somewhere in the last, like, not quite decade, but uh, after the movie, you know, after the, okay. I, I wanted to read it. So that was when I read that. But anyway, so you'd read some of this. Yeah, I think Civil War was one of those sort of limited run things that I, I really was into. And so I remember yeah. going through all of that, getting all the spinoffs, everything, and then started getting into the Secret Invasion. But I don't think I got very far. Like, I, in mm. fact, the first issue I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, shoot, I think I own this. I bought it on yeah. Amazon. <laughs> and then I, but as I read, I realized, no, I don't, it's not tracking. You just so remembered think, some of it. But now, Garrett, you were uh, all in on Secret Invasion. In fact, uh, you you needed to actually uh, dust off your old storage locker to uh, get your hands on the actual uh, issues that you already owned, correct? Yes. I, I was a kid when Secret Invasion was coming out, and I remember the advertising in a bunch of magazines. Like, I would get magazines that would be tangentially related to comics, and they had uh, – my trade actually has the um, – they had some of them like embrace change and it would be like a, a human hand in a scroll hand or like right. a scroll couple, like a man, a, a scroll yeah. mail and a, like all those things. And so um, I didn't have a comic book shop when I was a kid or uh, in my hometown. So I had an issue. I think I got it uh, when we were on like a beach trip where it was issue two of secret invasion and you'd flip it over and it was new Avengers 41, which is also written by Brian Michael Bendis um, and it, it tied into the event. And so I had that. And then about, a few years ago, maybe 2012, 2013, I got my hands on the trade paperback and I, I read it all those years ago. So it's been a while. This is I had to reread it to refresh myself. Yeah. It's been a good minute. Yeah, I read it digitally, but it sounds like it was the same collection that you read because we did you did have some of those ads. Like there's, you know, a group of human kids with a squirrel kid and everybody's yes. having fun. Oh, you know, I mean by the way, I went over really to the key. site 
it's uh, embrace change is uh it's not it's not active anymore i'm sorry to tell oh, you oh man so we, yeah, we shouldn't embrace the change. Guess and, not. And we can question or, whether or at or least not. buy the URL. I mean, I guess we all can <laughs> maybe chip in a few bucks. I'm sure Marvel. Will yeah. Be like, oh yeah. We can it's question whether or not he loves us. You know, there's a, there's a lot of doubt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it, it is kind of a, it's an interesting conceit. You know, this idea that uh, not only are squirrels among us, uh, they've been here for uh, some time. You know, and uh, look, you can you can tidy up some continuity that way. You know, like, oh, this uh, Electra. Yeah, it's a scroll. So, uh, you know, yeah. not really dead, you know. And you can, uh, you definitely deal with a lot of stuff in that way. There were definitely some moments. Some of it had happened leading into this event. Now, I was well aware that there were numerous crossovers and tie-ins. Uh, I did not read those. I uh, would have liked to have had time. And maybe if it was as simple as like, click this link here to go to that issue, you know, but it was just reading the trade paperback uh, on online. But uh, I feel like it's uh, it, it's boy, when you start getting bogged down in some of those crossovers, I mean, the, the big event series, the first one that I lived through, like buying new comics month to month was secret wars too. I mean, I, I began reading comics around the time of the first secret wars. We're talking about the original in 1984 into 85 i think but that didn't actually have all the tie-ins and crossovers well secret wars they were like you basically got to buy everything that comes out in the next year because at some point everything's going to cross over so uh, i think that that's important to note that i didn't feel like oh i'm i'm missing huge things you know when i i i've admitted that i read crisis on infinite earths for the first time only a few years ago and there's also numerous crossovers to that but that collection definitely doesn't make you feel like but but where where did the the blue devil go yeah. Yeah. do you care because if you don't care then it's fine <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's not going to it's not going to you know all, all the important stuff happens in the pages of of the main event but uh, so you had read it, Garrett, about somewhere around 10 years ago. Yes. What did you uh, think reading it now and sort of being reminded of like, oh, I think differently about this than when I would have read it, you know, a decade ago or whenever exactly that was. So uh, rereading it, um, I did it yesterday. I wanted it to be as close to the show as possible. I remembered this era of Marvel was always one of my favorites. I always just, I, you know, Bucky Barnes is Captain America. Thor had just come back a few years prior. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski had brought him back with Olivier Coipel. Um, I And then, you know, post-Civil War, pre the dark reign that is set up at the end of this um, this book. I, I I did feel a certain sense of nostalgia. Um, but then I I would say, you know, and I love Laniel Francis Yu. He's one of my absolute favorite artists. This book is gorgeous. Um at the height of his powers. Um, I, I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I've always felt with secret invasion uh, is just, I think it starts very strong. And then I just think very structurally it, it kind I don't want to say falls apart, but for me, I think it almost feels like a tale of two stories when it just kind of becomes another, well, we're going to punch each other in central park. <laughs> and then the last issue issue is I, I had forgotten the last issue being very, and then this is what happened. And then this happened. And then yeah, this happened. Right, right. And now we're here. I, I didn't remember the issue being like that. I just thought yeah, it was more of the fight. I, I have to agree that the the sudden narrative shift that the mm -hmm. last part is told from a different point of view than what we had had previously. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it's it almost like that. that 
no, no, yeah, and I that almost works like if it had happened for an issue in the middle, and it's like we're yeah. gonna focus yeah, yeah. on this character and this one, but it's like we're gonna tidy it up, and it's almost like, well, why did you use that device? You know, it 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 was a little jarring when I was first reading it, actually, because of course you're like, wait, who's this? You know, I mean, you figure yeah. it out, but it's, it, you know, when it's not immediately apparent, yeah. Well, it, um, go ahead, it, and if I yeah. can piggyback on that for a sec, so. It also happens around the time, and slight spoiler alert: one of the, maybe I won't say the name, but one of the major characters dies. And you mean in this book will, or in in Civil War? Oh no, I'm so sorry. In this, like in the last, yeah, yeah, the yeah, last no, no, because Civil this, War, Civil War ends with Captain America being shot, right? And that, of course, directly ties into this because it's like <laughs> that wasn't really him. That was yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, back to your well. Point. Actually, it's, it's actually, a late dream. Oh, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, yeah. go ahead, Garrett. Captain America did the, the one that was shot on the steps did die, but he was actually dislodged in time by a time oh. bullet. That's a okay. whole different thing. Ah, we that. Time bullet. Of well, no, at, that old at thing. least there was a reason that made sense, Garrett. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that old time bullet man it's taken uh, down many a great Yeah. Um, well, that's a funny thing is that both Batman and Captain America died around the same time and it was a special magic bullet that yeah. dislodged them in time it just the, happened the, to the, line the up. war and this uh, magic bullet right? from this magic grassy yes. knoll that just happened yeah. to be right over yeah it's all right Woody Harrelson's yeah. dad was involved with the death of both <laughs> Batman and Captain America right exactly you, you know I but I think what it did though um because I, I noticed that as well it, it, it actually hurt that scene and Again, I'm being careful because I, I I'm not sure if we want to spoil who gets. You know, look, in this. this book is so old that uh, you know if somebody's watching us talk about it and they're inspired to read it, I think that's great. But also, when characters die in continuity, it it's not so much a spoiler anymore because yeah. they always figure out ways from there. Like they figured out a yeah. way to have Marvel in this, and he's like the one yeah. character that they always try to keep him dead and come up with other ways and i think that they they've stayed true to that you know but at the same time it's like well if we need a character we're just gonna borrow them from from some point but so if you <laughs> want to make the point about well, a character who died it. in this series yeah. 15 years ago i think it's okay 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 well thank you for that so sorry y'all for the five people who might this might shock but janet dies in kind of a really fascinating fashion uh yeah. she and I think because of the narrative shift, it actually hurt that moment because that moment is really powerful. That's they even put in the description one of the original Avengers, right? They, yeah, uh, you know that this is a, a legacy character, and and I found like the the problem sometimes, right, when you make a stylistic narrative choice like that, is it can actually get in the way of the emotion. And I found like that moment was really visual. I mean, Garrett, I mm. think you're totally right. Uh, I mean, the art, even in that whole sequence is fascinating, largely because I'm trying to figure out what am I looking at? Like I kept, yeah, I can't say I was flipping back at my iPad right here. So I kept, you know, swiping in and out and zooming in. But but I found like by doing that shift, it's like you're, you're robbing us of like the moment kind of after that, you know, think how powerful it is in, um, in uh, Infinity War, you know, Spider-Man turns into dust, but staying with Tony for the moment after that mm. is the thing that really hits us, you know. And so I, th I think like that was the problem is you do a narrative shift, whatever. But 
when you have a moment like that, like it actually hampered it a little bit. It's a great point because we should be getting it from the point of view of multiple people, maybe even everyone who's there, but instead we're getting one specific point of view and it's not Hank Pym's point of view. You know I mean? It's not just very cold and analytical. It's yeah. It's just matter of fact, this is what happened during the fight. It's not the characters in the moment. Like, Oh my gosh, a founding Avenger. One of my, my closest friends, you know, some Thor was also in a founding Avenger. He's the one who has to get rid of her. You know, that would, if we could have been with Thor more in that moment, even that just, it just, yeah, it just happened to, yeah, it just did not work with what was happening, you know, and it didn't jive with the seven previous issues that had no, nothing like that. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely, I, I agree. And that, that scene in particular is a, is a great representation of why that choice uh, didn't work as well for me. I don't, I don't think it, it ruins the ending, but you feel like you would have been able to get so much more out of it. Yeah. Uh, in true, you know, superhero story fashion, there are some great big, what we would call set pieces, you know, really, really big fight scenes and stuff. And they don't only take place in New York city. They also take place uh, in the savage land. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was an image that uh, Eric had sent to me because uh, anytime that uh, Phoenix is fighting a dinosaur while, you know, everybody else, uh, you know, it's uh, it's fun to look at. And I think that the, the sequence works very well, mm-hmm. but I do have to say that reading it, it's like, and I know we're supposed to be confused, but when characters are talking to other versions of themselves and you don't know if either, you know, which one's a squirrel, maybe they're both squirrels. This idea that uh, they're trying to convince Tony he's a squirrel, but he mm. isn't, uh, you know. And right. then, of course, as you read it, you're like, or is he? I think mm. the confusion works in that way. It's just some of the character interactions. I'm like, I don't even know what to think about this Wolverine talking to that Wolverine, you know. Yeah. But uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just slow. Uh, Garrett, what did you think uh, sort of reading that where you had multiple versions of the same characters uh, squaring off in the Savage Land? I loved it. Yeah. Like I said, issue two was the issue I had uh, where right. this big battle mostly takes place. And so I read that thing. You know, the book was so weathered after all. I haven't seen that book in years. I know it's somewhere uh, in my mm-hmm. other comic book storage. But um, uh, I love that that sequence. Um, yes. I think it's very easy to tell that I'm going to assume that the Wolverine that looks like his first appearance in Incredible Hulk, I'm going to assume that's probably not my Wolverine. Like Correct. I, yeah. I, I do like <laughs> using the classic outfits. Uh, and I think especially I had forgotten with um, because I've read issue two so many times. I thought in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Bobby Morse, uh, Mockingbird, she she's a human along with the scrolls so that I completely forgot when issues later the other shoe of that drops and it was like, no, she actually was a scroll and she was that good that she believed that she was the real Bobby Morse, even knowing about that October 12th uh, date. Yeah. Um, that, so that yeah. made that moment hit a lot harder. And um, to the only time I've ever read, uh, I said was a uh, new Avengers 41, which uh, I wanted just to give a little spotlight on that issue because it is really, really good. It features when everybody gets thrown out of whack, when that T-Rex attacks, uh, Spider-Man gets thrown aside and he ends up on an adventure with uh, Kazar and Shauna, the she-devil of the Savage Land. And they it's the all, them and their tribe going up against the Scroll Captain America. And you see flashbacks to the Scroll Captain America being chosen, being indoctrinated, having his memories changed. And it's just him 
on a Captain America esque like one man stand against this army who just I you know freaking out saying that he's Captain America until they eventually drop him with all these blow darts and he turns back to his scroll form and I just always remember this image of him uh, foaming at the mouth in his he's green you know he's his scroll form but he's still wearing the Captain America outfit and he's just freaking out on the ground after he's lost just saying I'm Steve Rogers I'm a male I'm a super soldier I'm an Avenger all these things um. I love everything that happens in the Savage Land. Maybe we stay there a little bit too long issue, you know, layout yeah. wise, but I really enjoyed that that battle in the Savage Land. Yeah, no, I think the Savage Land is uh, you know, always a it's always a great backdrop. Obviously, the the new X-Men went there previously, you know, this the all new, all different new X-Men, uh, you know, sort mm-hmm. of during the height of the Phoenix saga, pre-Dark Phoenix obviously in the Roy Thomas, Neil Adams run, they went there as well, you know? And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is an interesting idea that it's like, Oh yeah, just, uh, you know, down in Antarctica, uh, there is the savage land. And I think uh, from what you're describing, that does sound like it would be particularly interesting. Uh, you know, there's definitely things that you can tell. There's even a reference of like, yeah, hey, you guys get out of here. I, I think, uh, just uh, uh shanna's just gonna take care of whoever's left you know you could tell like all right that probably continued yeah that story there um yeah i don't know uh, eric did you get any kind of feeling that uh you know they were setting up things that you were like oh i'd be interested in this or did you feel like it's all right i i've gotten enough for maybe it's uh for the sake of doing this for the show that uh you know you're like well i've I've now bought this digitally. I I can't, you know, I'm not reading this in real time where I could just go, you know, in terms of publication, I just go back to the comic shop and pick up a couple of tie-in issues. Uh, Or did you feel like uh, you were missing out on, on some of that stuff, Eric? Well, I mean, first of all, Garrett, I'm very sad that, that a young Garrett didn't have a comic book shop locally. And I feel like we might need a, an episode of this just dedicated to, to how you, despite that persevered and, and became the gentleman you are today, yeah. the knowledgeable gentleman and scholar you. that you are today. I, you, you know, it, 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 it really is interesting when you read this one on its own, because it's really kind of like almost like the, like a meat and potato kind of storytelling. Like it gets just to it. Like we don't take many left or right turns. We're sort of barreling straight ahead. And so Garrett, what you just pitched as you're describing it, I'm like, actually put it on my computer. I'm like, huh, I would like to read that issue now. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it, it was kind of unique because, right, when we read this after the fact, you know, you are just reading sort of the center of the storm, but with the understanding that the, you know, the winds took characters all sorts of places. And, and I think this works pretty well overall as its own thing, you know, it, as I'm reading this, I didn't find myself asking a lot of these like sort of dangling thread questions. So I think it actually as an eight issue collection, uh, you can read it. And let's say you only read this and nothing else. You'd be fine. Hmm. But it's kind of like how MCU has been using the TV shows as almost like, well, you can keep coming in the movies without ever watching those shows and you'd, you'd be all right. But if you actually hang out and watch the show, like if you actually watch WandaVision, then that one little sort of tossed aside line about, yeah, no, no, it's not about New Jersey. Don't worry about New Jersey. Yeah. It's actually a pretty remarkable adventure, but you could actually watch the uh, doctor. Uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Strange without really getting hung up on that moment. And I felt the same thing here. I wasn't necessarily hung up on 
the moments where you could sort of see, okay, now we could branch off here, especially because we're in so many different parts of the sort of universe. We have so many different characters. They have to repeatedly almost remind you where you are and who you're with because it's a very epic tale. But um, yeah, I didn't feel like I was uh, missing out on something just by reading these eight together. Right. I think that the key is, uh, you know, sort of the the Disney Plus model is a good one in terms of things that are supplemental, but not essential. Uh, reading about this in the time that it was published, uh, Marvel's website had uh, e-comics. Uh, there was a, a Secret Invasion prologue, which was uh, seven pages. And uh, then the best part of this fact, and the reason I bring it up, was Secret Invasion Home Invasion, which was... Remember, this is 2008, a MySpace video blog featuring a young teenager named Kinsey Walden and her fears regarding her brother's strange behavior. And there was a company comic book. So I love the idea that it was, you know, uh, yeah, let's uh, utilize MySpace, you know, uh, because, of course, uh, you know, at that point to have a Facebook account, I believe you still had to have a .edu email address. Uh, take a quick uh, detour because uh, one of our great friends from Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Marvel movie talk. I almost said the name of a different show. Happy birthday. Uh, great to see Cam A. Egan spending some time with us. We're uh, talking secret invasion. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I'm definitely intrigued in some of the supplemental, but because of the fact that I'm reading this in a bit of a vacuum at a point that I'm loosely familiar with what was going on in continuity, mostly because I had read Civil War. And I did read some tie-ins along with that. My my friend that had loaned me the issues had uh, sent me some of the tie-ins as well. So I knew a little bit, but I was just like, oh, Norman Osborn. Okay, I guess we'll just roll with that as that's a normal thing. You know, he hasn't been dead since 1972. Mm -hmm. We're just going to, you know, and I did know. I mean, I've read more recent comics. You know, I know. I do know that uh, he spends time, but I'm like. Oh, he's uh, running the Thunderbolts. Okay, you can't say that I can't say I was up to speed on that. You know, mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of catch up anyway. Uh, so I I felt like I if I had gotten bogged down in the stuff I didn't understand, and I was you know trying to you know if I was looking everything up, if I was googling like wait what, what's going on here, you know I I would have never finished the story in time to do mm -hmm. the show. Um, but or, I do or feel more like to the this point you would have Christian yeah. you would have ignored your children. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, Cammy Egan uh, says I, she enjoyed the comic and she's reading the rest of the series. Uh, yeah, look, I don't I don't want to dwell on it too much, but uh, this is a big event. It has all these characters that you are uh, familiar with, and some that you you know you you might not. You know, uh, someone Garrett's age when you read it at the time. Maybe, you know, although although Jessica Drew had come back as Spider-Woman at that point, but I'm using her as an example that, you know, younger readers might not have been as familiar with her. There were newer characters that I didn't know particularly well. You know, we see Cassie Lang at one point. You know, there's stuff that I know now, but if if I had just picked one of these up at the time. So I think that they do a decent job of like, you're going to get a little bit lost, but we promise you're not going to get too in the weeds on anything. And you'll you'll be able to get... You know, as long as you understand the concept of the scrolls, you know, you should be able to understand this book. Right, Garrett? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, even speaking to that, like, yeah, this book, I would say, was my introduction to a lot of, you know, by that point, I already knew, you know, Spider-Man's been my guy since I could form a word. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I and I was already into Captain America, Wolverine, you know, those big heavy hitters. But 
Sure. I think when I was a kid, this is definitely my, uh, if not my first introduction, maybe, you know, uh, maybe seeing these characters uh, like Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones, you know, when I was a kid and they depict her look that she doesn't really use at all with the pink hair as a kid. I had no idea who that was, but uh, there was a lot of, you know, I think it was my introduction to the century, all these different uh, people. And I, yeah. and then even the young Avengers, even though they only have like a cameo at the end of the second issue, um, it did definitely get me intrigued, like who are these characters? And so I sought out, you know, I had a Marvel encyclopedia that explains who some of the young Avengers at the time were, but even that one was outdated because they had, you know, characters like uh, speed who wasn't yet, really a thing but he's a thing in this book um so this book definitely one of the values of a big event book is that they bring in everybody everybody's got to have uh you know their own panel so i got introduced to so many people that i wouldn't have had a chance to prior right yeah i i think uh i i think that it is kind of the importance with any kind of ongoing continuity uh, I mean, it's a little bit harder with these major events, but the idea is always that any new issue that comes out is going to be somebody's first issue. Yeah. So you do want to recap things, but at the same time, you're like, well, you can't spend too much time on the recap. So, you know, a lot of it is people will figure it out as as they go along, um, you know. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, we don't we don't need to spend too much time on it. But, uh, Eric, I know that uh, do you want to talk about sort of what I was teeing us up on was this idea that this gave us the characters we cared about. They were able to do this on a grand scale. And when they weren't going to be able to deliver a TV show that worked in this way, they probably shouldn't have done it, I guess. I mean, they could have told a different story, you know, but I guess you have the IP, you have secret invasion as the yeah. phrase, people know it and you'd already announced it. So you're like, well, let's just uh, roll with that. I mean, in a loose way, yes, that is it, it, that is what the story told. It was a uh, you know a secret invasion of Skrulls using what they set up. But I don't know. In a lot of ways, it just would never have worked with the MCU universe because of you know the the characters that we don't have. You know that whether the it's that Disney doesn't have the rights to or they just haven't introduced yet. You know the only Mockingbird we ever got on TV was on Agents of Shield, so it's entirely mm -hmm. questionable as to whether or not that counts. And I know, I know Ivan Soto is usually in our chat uh, on our regular show. He'd be very upset uh, that uh, we could even cast aspersions onto whether or not agents of shield is Canon, but it's hard to make a case that it is in all honesty. Uh, but what, what's your thought on that? Let's just spend a quick moment and we'll get right back to the book, Eric. Yeah. Garrett, I don't know if you uh, uh, sat through the secret invasion show uh, or not. Uh... Oh, you're not on the, you're not on the Geekscape text thread. <laughs> Eric. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we're all survivors here. Well, it's all scar <laughs> tissue that you're looking at, especially with me. I much much more so than them. Um, I I'm so glad I did not read this before watching sure. that show. Um, and, and again, I knew Secret Invasion. Like I said, I think I'd read a couple of the issues of it, especially because Civil War really pulled me back into comic book reading for a good chunk of time there. Uh, but. Uh, it's amazing. Like some of the panels I pulled out, even the ones like the ships coming to earth, uh, that battle in the savage lands with the dinosaur, you know, these are such, I mean, they're set pieces. They're, they're, you know, the stuff that made us, you know, comic book fans. I mean, you know, for us, you know, for Christian and I, like we read this or saw this when we were considerably older, 
but you know imagining you know garrett like you're describing being a kid reading in this hmm. us with secret wars one you know yeah. and that sort of scale and scope and the second hmm. we saw it was going to be a tv show it's like okay well it couldn't have that scale the frustrating thing though is you the just the term invasion this was an invasion i mean and, and sure. even the one that i don't think i sent you a, a panel from christian but the when they they basically had the virus affect everything affects tony's suit uh affects avenger tower like affects the uh shield carrier you know like i i think like that for me as a set piece was incredible was just seeing how the entire world was turning to, to crap and yeah that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, well, that's an invasion, right? Right. The epic scale of this is throughout the storytelling, but well, also let me just to interject. I mean, that's a big yeah. problem when you're telling the story in a universe uh, where you don't have Tony Stark anymore and you never had Reed Richards, you know, because there's yeah. such an important part of this story. And honestly, so many others, you know, but you so, can make it work. Yeah. Even if the fantastic four X-Men are not on the table yet. This yeah. could, I mean, this really could have been the next great Marvel, you know, uh, phase. This, the build up to a secret invasion where how do you top all the heroes together against all of Thanos' sure. crew? Well, them against themselves could have been, mm. you know, a remarkable thing to sort of top that. But, you know, now they, they, they blew it. I mean, like secret invasion came out and, and left us all kind of numb. And that is the last thing I felt when I was reading this was. Numb. Yeah, like, no, I agree. And look, there's a there's a definitely a lot of cool moments, you know, when you have sort of the reemergence of the heroes. You know, Garrett, you referenced Luke Cage. I like the interaction between, you know, the Luke Cage, the more modern Luke Cage that we're familiar with. And then he's face to face with 70s Luke Cage is like, what, what's all yeah. this? You know, yeah. and uh, I, I don't know. There's definitely a lot of little moments like that. Uh, when you were uh, rereading it yesterday, Garrett, were mm -hmm. there things that jumped out as in like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about this because, you know, I read it 10 years ago. Were there little interactions or even, you know, big character scenes that you were like, oh, this really stands out, you know, where maybe it didn't sit in your memory when you thought back on the story. But reading it again yesterday, you're just like, oh, yeah, th these interactions are uh, are pretty great. I think um, one of the MVPs for me, uh, I've always been a big Fantastic Four guy. So I loved uh, how much of a role Reed Richards had. And I love how steeped in continuity uh, it is that one, uh, obviously there is the, uh, you know, they keep talking about how this is prophecy. They, they've been told by their prophets, this is what they need to do, especially um, this book not only comes off the back of civil war, but it comes off of Marvel's annihilation event that really revitalized their, their space, and their cosmic books. Um, and it, in that book, the scroll empire is, they are really badly hit by the annihilation wave. And so it, it obviously comes off the back of that, that they need a new home, all these things. But I, I just love that the scrolls are so petty that they still, that a good reason why they're doing this is because Early on in the Fantastic Four, you know, the Kirby uh, Stanley days, Reed Richards turned some scrolls into cows and <laughs> just wa mind wiped them. And they just thought they were cows and that yeah. they uh, rightfully so. I would be kind of mad, too, if someone did that to, <laughs> to you know, uh, sentient beings. They, you know, completely changed that. I just love that. And, yeah, I loved getting um, Reed in there uh, and I and I enjoyed Abigail Brand, I always enjoy when she shows up. Uh, I think that character 
is I think she's a little underutilized a lot. Um, and so I was really, I loved her one woman uh, mission, you know, talking about how she knows how to speak scroll, but she's not very good at it. So she's right. kind of having to wing it. Um, and so those, and I, so basically, yeah, I would say those two, I very much enjoyed their little side mission to get him to get read back into the main story. Garrett, actually, I had a quick question about uh, Agent Brand. So I, yes. I, I actually did a little homework on her. So she started in, was it the Joss Whedon run of X-Men? Yes. Yes. Astonishing X-Men, I think, right? Mm -hmm. um, was there a spinoff from this involving her? Because I actually, I was so into how she got introduced. And mm -hmm. then this moment here uh, that you're sharing, Christian, where I've never, I've never seen Reed look worse than he did oh, in this yeah. one panel where he's just looks like he got hit with a steamroller or something. Look, uh, sometimes after a certain age, you uh, need to put your face on before you see the public. Oh, this would be five is, minutes Eric? before we go live. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I'm, your, your I'm Garrett doesn't have down. to deal with this, but nah, uh, Garrett, for the rest yeah, of us. But Garrett, was there an Agent Brand uh, storyline separate from this, if you she, remember? She's always shown up in a lot of things. Uh, she has romantically been linked uh, to Hank McCoy, the the Beast, uh, many times. So she's popped up in many X Men books. There was a there was a sword book a few years ago written by Al Ewing. Uh, she she heavily featured in that because anytime Sword shows up, Abigail Brand is there. Uh, except in the uh, MCU, uh, funny enough. Um, but yeah, she she featured heavily in that. She's also featuring heavily in uh, the X Men Red book right now, also written by Al Ewing. I would say that those are some some recent uh, books that she she definitely has popped up in a lot. She didn't. I don't think she's ever had her own solo series, but she always pops up in Sword series or when Sword is featured. Yeah, I even <laughs> noticed her her abilities listed was uh, pyrokinesis, and then my favorite yes. multilingualism. So it's like <laughs> the idea. Okay, I can control fire. <laughs> And I know how to speak Yiddish. I think that's a hell of a skill. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Uh, what I like is, uh, you know, this is one of those, uh, you know, there's so many characters that are present and are involved, but in some ways you don't see a lot of them. Like uh, I loved the fact that, uh, you know, Luke needs a favor. So, you know, he's getting help from somebody and uh, it's cloak from cloak and dagger. Who's like, yeah, I'll take you here, but I'm not helping you steal Tony Stark's jet. And I was just like, Oh, I mean, I, I was a, yeah, in the eighties, I was a, a big, a big reader of uh, cloak and dagger. I always found them to be interesting. You know, it was a very dark series, you know, uh, sort of, you know, they, they uh, did a they did a little uh, anesthetization of uh, their backstory, you know, where it's just you know some synthetic heroin leads to the uh, creation of them, but then it turned out they were mutants. But anyway, so I, I liked that. But uh, a character that we get early on, or at least we think we get, uh, but it turns out to be a squirrel, is uh, somebody that some of us have uh, discovered because of the MCU. I'm of course uh, speaking of Countess Valentina Allegra de Fontaine who on the big screen and the small screen is Julie Dreyfus. Uh, I thought, it, you know, if I, let's see, when did we first see her? It was in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. So if I had read this before that, I, they wouldn't have registered, you know, it would be right mm. up there with Abigail Brand and like a character I don't know. And, uh, you know, we get, we get some classics like Dum Dum Dugan, you know, who predates, Mar the marvel universe you know from the it's from the howling commando stuff like that mm -hmm. and uh i don't know just the some of the key people who've been replaced by scrolls you know uh jarvis the avengers butler it's like well yeah that's a you, you definitely want to want to get him early you know because of just the the unfettered ass access um 
And so, you know, feel free to, as we go along, either of you uh, just uh, jump in with any uh, characters that uh, you were glad to see. Um, I was a little confused on the timeline with uh, Carol Danvers, who was back to being Ms. Marvel at this point, but not yet Captain Marvel. Yes. Uh, And, uh, you know, and then uh, there's after binary, uh, you know, from the X-Men. I know she she had a couple other iterations, but um, that's all right. It's, uh, you know, it didn't take away from the story. There's their characters that I like seeing her, Jessica Drew, you know, all of them. Um, But one of the things I wanted to talk about was that, at least to me, and maybe it's an Italian issue, Reed Richards is like, oh, yeah, I figured out uh, how they're able to hide the fact that they're Skrulls. And that's when we learned that Hank Pym was a Skrull. So he tries to take him out. But did they explain it? And I just missed it because I, I was just like, well, yeah, how did he figure? What did he figure out? Am I dumb? You can say you it, like a magic right. gun at one point, right? Yeah, I think he just uh, that I, I do agree that it, I don't think it's ever clearly articulated. Yeah. It is just kind of like, oh, I figured it out. It's just yeah. a cloaking thing, but it's never it's, like, OK, it's but like what I is figured it? it out and I can counteract it. And yeah, I don't know. Look, sometimes you don't need it. But like on Star Trek, they usually take a moment to go like, all right, look, this is going to be some bullshit right here. But we're going to say a bunch of words. We're going to tell you how it happened so that we've at least addressed that maybe this doesn't make sense. And then it's just like Reed's like, oh, I figured it out. But uh, and this gun will uh, counteract it, you know, so it's uh, the line yeah. from uh, the Martian. I'm going to science that. And then swore. I, I never know what geeks right. if I'm allowed to swear or not, to be honest. Uh, I, I mean, I swear too much. So if, if you're cautious, it probably negates my uh, my potty mouth. Uh, let's uh, get this uh, question in from uh, Cammy again. I may not have caught the reference, but a few times a character says he loves you. What was the significance of this? I thought that I'm glad you asked this because uh, I referenced it earlier. I think it's a good reveal as to what that is, because you know, I'm first reading it. I'm like, all right, they're talking about like a scroll emperor, hmm. the super scroll. Like, what is it exactly? Like, who's in charge? You know, and I mean, it's the fact that they believe it's God. Like, this is their right, religious right. cause of taking over the earth. Uh, talk a little bit about sort of that reveal for you, Garrett, as as you're reading it now. Then, whenever you want to talk about it. Yeah, I I had actually forgot that this was a, you know, it was the driving force. And I I really liked it in the sense that I can't remember exactly which issue it is, but it's early on when they're explaining to the world why they're taking over. And they're they're saying like, well, you know, humanity, all they ever do is they just take over a place. They colonize it. They just take it over. But we're going to eliminate stuff like that by doing the exact same thing. Um, It really is like the idea of, of like manifest destiny, this idea, you know, Early on, early America, they thought that, you know, it's it was their God given right to the land. Like it, it is what God yeah, intends I mean, for it, us. It, it's manifest destiny. It's the Crusades. You know, yes, it's, it's this, it, it, you know, it's this idea of, well, God told me I need to do this, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, I God's on our side. And when you believe that uh, you yeah. believe that there's there's nothing that can stop you, you know. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a nicely done reveal. Uh, Eric, what did you think uh, about this idea that, uh, you know, that God was on their side, the scrolls? 
I like that they withheld that exactly what the who he is for quite a while. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. they actually name check God until issue seven or eight on this. It run. was pretty late in the series. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it adds to this mystery of like, okay, so who is their leader? And we keep waiting to sort of meet them, and we understand that the scroll, uh, um, Jessica, um, Jessica Drew is Jessica uh, Drew. Is I was about to say Jones, yeah. but it's not her, right. Mm. Well, yeah, scroll. There's Jessica... a there's a there's a reason for that confusion because right. uh, uh, Jessica Jones was supposed to be uh, Jessica Drew having oh, uh, thrown in the towel, and then uh, someone somewhere in editorial was like, "You can't do that to that character." Oh, you mean that character that nobody cares about anymore? Uh, that. Uh, you're literally not doing anything with the, the character who lost her superpowers. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I digress. Uh, but... Sorry, I didn't mean to touch a nerve on there. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sometimes I, you I went pull to the new guys. Need a minute. We can we can step out for a second. Come back. Yeah, but like, Je- yeah. Jessica let me talk Drew more can... about Jessica. No, <laughs> <laughs> Real talk with Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. So like we it's like Jessica Drew is like the queen basically. Yes. And exactly. so then we're thinking like okay well you know it's it's the the moment in Empire Strikes Back where we think of Darth Vader as sort of the big bad and then he's kneeling in front of an emperor we don't meet for another movie. Yeah. Uh, and I think here that I kept expecting right okay who's going to be the he wins the reveal and then the idea that it's God it was actually pretty fascinating cuz you're right it then makes it then you can connect this to unfortunately so many moments in human history uh yeah. including recent history it, you don't have to go back very far you don't have to go back to the crusades yeah. uh to to link it to something that unfortunately we got going on in our universe in 2023 so no i thought yeah. that was a no. an interesting uh, choice uh, and a powerful one eric is a veteran of the cola wars uh in the late 80s i know that uh, anytime listen, the conflict comes up it uh, always takes you back to those days to quote guns and roses what's so civil about war anyhow <laughs> Cola or otherwise. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think that uh, it, it, you know, there, you know, we're talking about all these characters and for our, our visual audience, I'm just looking over my shoulder and I'm seeing the seventies Luke Cage and hmm, uh, you know, the iteration of wonder man that I like where he's got the red jacket on, you know, and the, and look, there's times where, Jean Grey, it's like, well, you know, you're not the Phoenix anymore, but that was the coolest <sighs> costume you ever had. So just go ahead and wear it and we'll figure it out, you know. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's interesting when the when the X-Men are, are kind of ancillary characters uh, in here. But uh, I, I, I like that there's so many toys in the sandbox that uh, you know, <clears throat> they're playing with that uh, we we get to look at. Um, I know, uh, Eric, you sent a, a number of, of images and uh, one that I feel like you shared just because I'm going to assume it made you laugh is this exchange between uh, between Tony and Natasha. And uh, he's saying they could have killed me. She had me. And Natasha says they could have killed you with a poison matzo ball before you went to bed. Is that why you pulled that? Because of the idea that it was a poison matzo ball? Is that uh, it, it? It brought up so many questions, and then I was like, "Wait, but is Tony Jewish?" And I know, listen, I don't, I don't listen. Know, Non-Jews actually. love matzo balls. I get I, it. I, I love it, matzo ball soup. I will. As you I will get it. I will get it even when I'm not sick. That's how you've learned nothing from me in all this time together, <laughs> Christian. Is that matzo balls? They're for everyone. Yeah. Uh, why should it just be my people who get? <laughs> um, but but I thought. 
you know, that, that was kind of one of those moments too. I thought that, and the other one that I thought, um, they had some good quips in there. I, I like this Spider-Man talking to Spider-Man. Am I always this annoying? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that yeah, was great. No, um, that, that was a great moment. I, I did. Uh, I did like that. That's and, uh, and it was almost like a throwaway. Like it was actually real small text off to the side, but I, I that jumped at me. And then also Maria Hill's passcode. Uh, I thought was hysterical. Uh, what was your passcode? I don't even know if that was one you sent to me, but. Uh... Oh, I might not have. Okay. So, so when she's uh, doing the self-destruct, I have it yeah. here. The the passcode says Maria Hill, Socrates, Bologna, Sandwich, Soupy Sales, Cameron Crow. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was so fascinated by that that by, by that, Cameron that Crow combination yeah. and Soupy wow. Sales. One of the yeah. two would have been plenty, but having both is uh, well, that's special. Right? No, I I definitely uh, I definitely agree. Uh, Cam Egan referencing that I wanted Mike Coulter to wear the uh, 70s Luke Cage outfit. He did for a second when yeah. they have the flashback of when he got out of the prison. But yeah, I know uh, I, the, the headband is is the real thing uh, from there. Uh, for our visual audience, we're sharing another image from the Savage Land, which is different than the one I had earlier, because these are always the great, you know, when you have the double splash page of, you know, all yeah. the all the heroes and, you know, printing is so much better than it used to be because when, when I was a kid, let me tell you the double splash page, it never lined up quite right. And it was like, <laughs> Oh, this would look really cool if they'd been able to, you know, actually print it. And of course it was printed on like newsprint and, you know, the, the colors weren't as good, but Oh boy, thinks we liked it. We liked it fine. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, just some of the characters that we get uh century's not, uh, someone that I I know as well, but I think he he sort of factored into Civil War, but in the way where they tried to kind of keep him out of it, you know, because Civil War I think didn't work with the most powerful uh, characters in the Marvel universe uh, being a part of it. It's like how in the movie they came up with a reason for Thor to not be there because you felt like in the movie, well, if whichever side Thor ended up on would be the one that won, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and. Uh, referencing Civil War, it, it is an interesting thing in the way this ends where Tony's like, oh, Thor, thanks for coming back. And he's like, oh, bro, I still hate you. You know, I don't I don't know. <laughs> We're not boys. We're yeah, not yeah. down. You know, I don't know what you <laughs> thought this was, but, um, you know, and some of those uh, complicated interpersonal reaction uh, interactions, I thought uh, were were fun to read. Um, so. How does uh, sort of revisiting this, uh, Garrett, you know, thinking about the what 15 years in the Marvel Universe uh, since this? Obviously, nobody nobody reads everything. Nobody keeps up on all the stories. But, you know, they've had big events. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, what do you think about sort of this snapshot in, in history and some of the things that it sets up? You know, the fact that it's continuing on in the yeah. themes from Civil War, for example. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, at the time, Bendis was, you know, there. there's always these times in the, the comic book industry where there is one writer who kind of, since they have so many books and they're putting out so much uh, work, they kind of direct the line. So this was Bendis's time when he was at the height of his powers at Marvel and he was directing the line. So he was doing Secret Invasion. Right after this, he was uh, writing the Dark Avengers book uh, during Dark Reign, which is a very, very uh, fun comic book run where you have members of the thunderbolts and some other not great people pretending to be superheroes you have wolverine son Dawkins being the the new wolverine you have right. 
Matt Gargan being Spider-Man. Like they're all pretending to be Norman Osborn becomes the Iron Patriot. Um, and I, I always enjoyed how there's almost like a trilogy that Bendis creates with Secret Invasion into Dark Avengers. And then it culminates in another event book called Siege, where the Dark Avengers don't like that Asgard uh, is now above Oklahoma. And they don't like that uh, that Thor is just kind of like this tertiary person who's not signing up with them. So they decide, let's just go cripple Asgard. Let's just go sack it. Let's just go take it. Uh, and it, it it is, to me, the culmination of a story that begins all the way in Civil War. It is the moment the Marvel Universe finally gets over the superhero reg- um, Superhuman Registration Act. They put aside their petty differences, and you have Captain America, Steve Rogers, Thor, and Iron Man finally shoulder to shoulder fighting again. Um, I think that's a book very much if you have read Civil War and Secret Invasion, I would seek out reading Siege. No, I mean, that sounds interesting. And, uh, you know, the it does beg the question, why would you put uh, Asgard over Oklahoma? And the only thing I can come up with is proximity to barbecue. I mean, well, you know, that's what yeah, J. Michael Straczynski, uh, when he brought back Thor, uh, which is the run where there is an issue where Thor just beats the crap out of Iron Man because he comes back after Civil War and learns, oh, that's what you did while I was dead. And so yeah. he beats the crap out of him. <laughs> uh, and then he just establishes uh, he re Asgard had gone through a Ragnarok. And so he restores it kind of wants to give his as guardians the same thing that he got out of spending time on earth like hey it, it humbled me maybe we don't need to be gods floating off in space maybe we can be closer to being people you know yeah um one of the images you shared uh, eric it's a uh, very much uh sort of from 2008 in fact there's a t-shirt uh earlier uh, and it features uh, Stephen Colbert, which I thought was very funny to have him pop up uh, here. <laughs> you know, when they're when the media is telling you like everything's <laughs> going to be okay, and you know this is the height of the fictional character Comedy Central Stephen Colbert, not the, yeah, the yeah, late yeah. show Stephen Colbert. This is like yeah, I feel like you could co-opt the character version of uh, <laughs> of Colbert, but I di- I think it's funny when they do that. I mean, there's a there's an Avengers from the early '80s where the Avengers go on late night with David Letterman. NBC version of the show. So I like when they like, you know, when the creators are like, yeah, I don't even know if it makes sense, but I'm just going to go ahead and stick it in there. You know, there's, there's definitely, uh, you know, little nods and things that you'll get uh, from time to time. And uh, I always like, I have to admit, even, you know, when I was a kid and the the pop culture references were kind of fewer and farther between, but I, I, I enjoy that. I mean, it's the idea of like, well, particularly with Marvel, right. They're in our world basically. And they don't, why should they hide that? Like if you're going to do the news, you know, why not do that? Why not have some recognizable faces? But the idea that he's a scroll, I I don't know. That was one of those, like if they did that on the TV show, maybe not in the, the tone or, and I use that word very loosely with secret invasion, the TV show, but you know, that might've been a fun moment to actually have uh, squirrels have already, uh, you know, reached the media. When you get into TV and the media, then it's like Disney. So then it's like, well, then it's got to be Jimmy Kimmel because that's ABC. So you see, there's already you're you're already rewriting <laughs> the or, or uh, you the just options. or you go political. You say it's the own network. Not one of them is human. Hmm. <laughs> Not a single one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, it's a uh, it's good that it you know, sometimes these crossover books like they did one. I can't remember what it was called now. It was like during the pandemic. So the publication got thrown off. It was like with the with all these plants uh it was empire yeah yeah empire with a y um yes oh it was uh i was like trying to be excited about you know because 
like you know marvel sees publication briefly so did dc you know in the early ans uh, onset of the pandemic and then they figured out you know how to get the presses rolling again and then it was like that was the big crossover and i was like oh boy i really wish this was better you know <laughs> but that's uh th this uh didn't have any of those sort of shortcomings because mm -hmm. you know obviously this had the uh, advent of being done first you can deal with the scrolls and you know it, it's a great idea for a threat you know i mean it's you you think about the idea of the scrolls and you know just sort of being replaced and just some of some the the tip of the iceberg of the amount of of uh science fiction that has dealt with that you know from terminator to the uh the reboot of battlestar galactica you know just the idea that the people you see aren't necessarily who you think they are yeah. you know and for, you know being able to have it where it's like yeah you can't figure it out because you know in in past interactions with shapeshifters uh wolverine goes nope that's not them you know and you're like <laughs> okay well we can't have that you know <laughs> so uh but uh yeah look i i was glad to get a chance to read it and i agree with you eric uh reading it before the tv series would have just added to the the exasperation you know uh with the oh, end right. result there but um i i was uh, glad to get it um you know and i don't know if there's uh, any more of these uh, images you want to make sure i i hit before we uh, wrap things up um uh, there's yeah i mean honestly it, it's you know one of the things that uh, garrett you brought up uh before front was like just the art in this the the ink and illustration terrific mm -hmm. and there's a moment even in there where like vision just gets Vision gets not like they destroy him, and it's yes. not even like oh no, Vision's killed. It's like no, Vision isn't just killed. He is his head blows up in like five different directions at the same time, and I realize poor Vision. He's like, to I'm sorry to use a wrestling term on you again, Christian. He's a jobber sometimes in the Marvel universe. <laughs> I appreciate gets, the wrestling reference. He gets mauled. Oh, this look at this, this yeah. poor guy for the for for our radio wireless audience. <laughs> he's getting shot in every orifice on his head that yeah. is available. Like there's something coming in or coming out. So it's, it doesn't leave a shadow of a doubt. There's anything left of him. And, and I'm thinking about again, what like Thanos did to him in the MCU. It's like, man, yeah. I can't get a break. <laughs> no, know? it's, 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 twice. it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's hard out there for an Android is, uh, <laughs> I, I believe the, the way that the phrase goes. Well, uh, I had fun reading this and, uh, I'm glad, uh, we got to spend a, a show talking about it. And I do hope that, uh, people find our episode and maybe they revisit secret invasion or perhaps they read it, uh, for the first time, uh, our pal Cammy Egan talking about i immediately heard tom holland andrew garfield and toby mcguire's <laughs> voices with the spider-man banter mm -hmm. yeah when you get multiple spideys interacting with each other uh i do agree that line of uh am i always this annoying yes that is exactly how that interaction uh should go uh our we will be back for real we'll be back next month uh we will be doing another installment of geekscape book club on friday october 27th uh, the expectation is that day at the same time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. And in the interest of the season, we will be uh, diving into uh, Batman Long Halloween, which, uh, Garrett, I believe you've already fetched from your same uh, storage locker. I, where you were able one to get fell swoop. Yeah, you just got I, it all. One fell swoop. 
I have. And uh, if you want I the ha- address of Garrett's uh, comic book hall, please. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, send no, me no. A don't, DM. Don't, don't, don't dox his private collection. Come on. <laughs> Too much money has been spent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, that falls under the conceit of uh, I've never read it. I have the trade paperback, but I specifically bought it for this show. I thought we were going to do it last year <laughs> at uh, Halloween time. And I actually don't. I think we did Black Adam. So, uh, you know, maybe. Maybe we could have done this one instead, but you know, I, we tried to not do the same characters too often. So uh, I'm excited to talk about that then. And uh, a programming note for those uh, watching this either live or in the, uh, the, the days after it's posted uh, our show, Marvel movie talk, we will be back and we are typically, well, right now, I just I was about to say something that would have been a lie. Uh, right now we're on Wednesdays at uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we will be back this upcoming Wednesday, the 27th of September, and we will be spending the whole show with Kenny Johnson, who created, wrote, directed the Incredible Hulk TV series. Uh, Geekscape fans may remember that I did a very lengthy sit down with him to talk about the 40th anniversary of the miniseries V. And uh, I, in that conversation, I told him, I'm like, I'm not even going to touch the Incredible Hulk. I'm going to have to talk to you about it another time. He was very agreeable. Uh, so if you've seen that conversation, you know that uh, we'll get some great stories about the Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno Hulk and uh, looking forward to that. And uh, our show that I just referenced, Marvel Movie Talk, uh, will be on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, beginning with the premiere of Loki. So we'll be on Fridays during those six weeks. So you can find us there. And since I'm doing my plugs, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And uh, Garrett, where can people find you and tell them about uh, some of the other uh, content that you work on? So you can find me uh, on most things. I mostly just use Instagram at this point, but uh, I, that's just at my at Garrett Briones. But I also have a podcast. It is called Not Just a Guy is the show about struggling storytellers, myself and occasionally my guests. Every two weeks I sit down with someone uh, going forward. I, I have a good lineup of guests. Uh, we sit down and we talk about the struggles of bring your story to life, why why you want to tell stories and what where you see yourself going as a storyteller in whatever medium it is that you are in. I have a lot of filmmakers coming up because that is the film uh, you know that is the medium I'm a part of, so not just a guy, it's on all your podcatchers, it's on YouTube as well. Uh also Instagram, TikTok at not just a guy prod p r o d Excellent. Yeah, I'm glad that uh that uh, we're able to Get that out there. Let people know about it. And it's always fun to uh, get a chance to chat with you, Garrett. And Eric Connor, where can you be found, sir? Well, uh, after I find the source of Garrett's powers, his his hidden <laughs> comic book collection, uh, you can find me hanging around Count Eric Connor, Instagram, and Twitter X. Uh, I'll be, me and Vision, the remains of Vision's head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be getting ready for Halloween uh, this year. And uh, yeah, Garrett, uh, it was a pleasure sharing a screen with you. Look forward to Likewise. our next book club. I can't wait. And Christian, it was okay. It was yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> you were there. No, look, <laughs> I, you're not the first to say it. Uh, it's uh, it's okay to get to spend time with me. <laughs> it's adequate. Uh, some every once it's in a while, fine. it's not terrible, and uh, we take <laughs> praise in any way that we can get it. 
Well, uh, we will see everybody on October 29th. Get your uh, your copies of uh, Batman Long Halloween so that uh, you can uh, be all caught up in time for that. And uh, if, uh, you know, if they keep writing them, we'll keep reading them and we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 